What are you listening to? You don't know that the guys are putting I know that. No, this is one that I know. Tom Brady's bordering now on Godlike. You gotta put the bourbon down and go to a doctor. He's What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bump and Run. I'm Pete Colasano, joined, as always, by the man, Scott Bracey. What's going on, dude? Peter, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Your eyes are in good shape. You're able to see me. Not that it matters. For now. Not much to look at anyway, but as long as you can hear me, that's the most important thing. We're good? This is true. This is true. Yes, sir. So far, so good. Good. Big episode for us today. Uh, Later on, we'll add in uh, our interview with... Coach Dan Garrett, head coach, head football coach of Kane University, the Cougars. Oh my! I think it's I think it's probably the cat, but I think a lot of other people would be thinking otherwise. Anyway, we'll add that in later on for those of you listening on the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a separate video with that interview. Um, hey, that'd be a hell of a mascot, though. If it wasn't the cat. oh my god, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> hey, what's that? There's like that minor league baseball team. They're like the Savannah Bananas or something. Bananas, like Savannah Bananas. Is that what yeah. they are? It'd be kind yeah. of the same thing, right? Like with the Cougars <laughs> and their mascots are like old hot chicks hot, and stuff. Hot forty-five year old women. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun. It would definitely attract some people in. Uh, we certainly have some breaking news. We're going to break down the NFC East and South. We're going to do both because uh, we had some. I had a personal issue that needed to be attended to last week, so we weren't able to do the show. Um, Fortunately, we got to mention the Yanks a little bit, some injuries in baseball, and then, of course, everyone's favorite, the one segment that everybody looks forward to every week is Scotty's Trivia. So let's get to it. We'll start off with the worst of news for you, although we'll see. Um, we got word right before the right before the podcast started, maybe an hour or so before, so this is very new. Uh, Jerry Judy went down during practice. The good thing is, looks like a hamstring injury. Um the bad news is it was like he couldn't put any weight on his legs, so who knows how bad the hamstring is. But regardless, you'd rather hear that than some kind of like ACL ACL tear. So um, for you, you know, obviously as a Denver fan, but just even analyzing the Broncos now, you already have some injuries on the board. What does this mean moving forward for the Broncos and for Russell Wilson? Well, I'm glad I started running a little bit this week, so I, they might give me a call. I think I'd give you two snaps <laughs> at this point. Well, you're tall. You can you do get those 50-50 balls. This this is the third guy that's gone down before fucking September first. Unbelievable. Third wide receiver that's gone down. Um, it's not great, dude. I got to tell you the truth. Whatever you heard, whatever you look, whatever whatever you were hoping for as a Bronco fan, myself included, looking forward to this year with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. It's not great. Javante Williams, the running back's coming off an injury. I like what they did on the line. I like what they did at backup running back. But now Cortland Sutton's by himself. That Marvin Mins pick is, start, is looking better and better, oh, man. I'm telling you, I said, it's, it's crazy. I said it two weeks ago, and now it's now he's the number two, at least for a little while, because hammies, hammies and groins are funny, dude. You never know Especially how on those wide receivers, running backs. Like it's, yeah, so. You know, if you're an offensive lineman, you got a little hammy pull, you can work through that. Even a quarterback can work through that. Some guys on defense can work. Those skill position, those speed guys – if that shit isn't a hundred percent, you got to hold off. Like it's just the way it is. You can't. You can't do it. And the worst part of it is, as as you know, for Russell Wilson trying to rehab his game with Sean Payton. There, you've been working all camp and all off season with Judy, probably developing like a, a rapport and all that stuff. And now he's gone. 
Yep. And that's got to suck. Like, that's really the worst part of it. Um, as you guys know, I didn't have high expectations for this team anyway, but I like Judy. I like the, I like his talent. I liked, and listen, you don't kind of team out in, in August anyway, but I just didn't look like the AFC and what the division was too. And well, let's say, what last year looked like part of that, uh, skepticism, I guess we'll say for you is because of the division. I mean, the division is a yeah. beast. So yeah. and, and yeah. if they were in the, let's say NF- NFC West or something like that, you might have a much different opinion of the team, but it's such yeah. a difficult division. Uh, that plays such a big part in it. Yeah, it stinks. It just I, it stinks for the kid. Uh, big year too. His fourth year of his contract. Yeah. You know, he was probably going to get. Uh, they, I think they picked up his fifth year option anyway already. But I mean, still, it's it's just. We'll hold and, uh, off. We'll hold off and see how severe it is. How long he'll be out? Yeah, I don't. I don't like. The, I don't like. Like you said, I don't like the no pressure thing on it. That's not good. That's yeah. When you don't. When you can't even walk it off, and you get to get carted off, and it's a hamstring. Uh, it just you can't and help but so get f- bad thoughts and it's so funny dude because it's like preseason and, and and exhibition football is so it's so touchy because these guys need to get reps and need to get practicing and need to run and need to train but at the same time that's the other pri- the other side of it it's, it stinks it's yeah. just there's no other word it for is it. a it is a catch-22 because if you don't get the work then when the season starts you're kind of in a vulnerable position because you're either not ready physically or you don't have the reps, and especially yeah, you on don't offense. have the rapport. Yeah. So, but if you do, you run the risk of getting hurt. You know. Well, so. that's like you guys this week. I'll touch on it real quick. You know, Jets and Giants preseason game this week. Everyone's going to play for both teams at least a series or two. And I think every year a major guy's gone down in that game yeah, for one team or the other. So yeah. it may, it scares the shit out of you, Absolutely. dude. It, there's already you criticism need, you need from game the reps, media. Dude. Yeah, there's criticism from the media about Aaron Rodgers playing, and I'm sitting here like. Dude, you gotta get some game reps before the before yeah, the season. Like to. some, right? I mean, you I, gotta get him on the field that. with Garrett Wilson and the, and the, and all those guys. Like, yeah, gotta, I, I know you. I, I know you got those game scrimmages, but the weekly and up to it. But yeah, they're not the same. The coaches on the field, and you're not getting you're I not getting you're touched. Right. It's it's. I think it's a little different, man. I it's, really do. It's different. I know it can get intense, and even. Uh, reports were out that the Jets canceled the second day with Tampa because it started to get chippy, and they were like, "This is not worth it. Like, we're, it's not." Did worth you watch Hard Knocks? I'm, I'm assuming I no. didn't see it this week yet. Yeah, I didn't see it. This okay, week so they're, they're yeah, they touch on it. it's bad. It was getting really chippy every four, every four minutes. There's a fight. How yeah, can you get any so, work done? Yes, yeah, so it's not worth it at that point. But which is interesting because you know you're there for to get work in, and then we're getting chippy. I know who knows who's starting that chip, but anyway. It's an interesting story, and it definitely set you back. But you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it's not too serious. Another interesting story. I just weird to me, but it is the nature because if you remembered a few weeks ago, there was complaints from running backs about the market for running backs, and here we are with Jonathan Taylor, who was basically more or less sitting out of camp. I'm not saying he wasn't injured, but was kind of also saying he was injured. You know, Ursay comes out and says, no way, we're not trading him, period, end of story. And then, like, three days later, hey, if you can find a trading partner, then we'll we'll give you a trade. I think that's a smokescreen to me. Typical Ursay, though. Yeah, it's just – I think it's a smokescreen because he's asking for so much. No one's giving that up. Like, no one's giving up a first – I mean, this is a second-round pick, and uh, second or third-round pick, and you're asking for a one-plus. Um, so, I, th- I, I don't think it's going to happen – but oh, if it dude, if it no. could happen, where would be some landing spots for him? Because don't forget, now you got to give up. This is this goes back to the Lamar Jackson thing, where nobody ended up making a real offer because it was like not only do you have to give up multiple picks, but then you got to pay top dollar. 
for kind of an undervalued position. So this is the problem why trading this is unlikely. But where do you think he could go? Well, one second, just real quick. I want to touch. Okay. I was driving today to the eye doctor, and uh, I heard on the radio Schefter was on DP. And Marshall Falk only got a second and a fifth round from the Colts to the Rams. Holy shit. So Taylor wants a first, or the Colts want a first, whatever. Because it's, it's bullshit. Not, they're not actually not dangling not him out happen. there. Yeah, they're not actually dangling. They're just making it look like that. Now, listen, maybe somebody comes around and blows him away. This is why I bring up, like, who, who might be interested. And the reality is Jonathan Taylor is in the prime of his career. He's an excellent runner, excellent receiver. So yeah. you're getting both dimensions. He's a really great player. He's a top five back in the league for sure. So, you know, I have a couple teams in mind. What kind? Where do you have in mind that could be so, fit? So, you know, I was driving yesterday um, in the car, and I got an alert. Broncos were in the mix. Today's news probably could change that. You know, and that also scares me. I don't know how good of a shape Javante Williams looks like or right. – like you said, they got a like you know a really great feature back in his prime, you know. But they don't have a lot of picks to begin with from trading for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, so they're already blow on the draft board. So I don't know if I like the move or I don't. If they were if they were a little bit more of a better team, I think I would love it. But right now, it's hard to tell. Uh, it listen, <laughs> Eagles. I heard were in the mix. Do the Eagles need this guy? Yeah, I just don't see it. I mean, I they just let go either. of Miles Sanders. Like, I heard people and they got saying... The, and they got DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I heard people saying uh, Minnesota. I'm like, Minnesota doesn't want to pay a running back. They just go, they just let Daf- Dalvin Cook go. Like, why would they... I mean, granted, he's younger and, and all fresher legs and all that stuff, but they're, they're not looking to do that. And the two teams that make the most sense, we've been saying it for half the summer now, is the Dolphins and the Bills. Right. So I, so I definitely thought the Dolphins, you have Tua on his, still on his rookie contract. Um, they have some, you know, maybe some cap space to work with. I thought about Baltimore. Um, mm. y- you know, you might be able to swing something, and now you got just one more weapon for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's, and then the that's, other team—that's team, pretty good. Not a playoff team, but I think it would work in what they're trying to do there in building something there. Is the Chicago Bears? Uh, they have the yeah. cap space. They have the picks. Um, and you and it'd be nice to give Justin Fields, if you believe in him, which you and I do not, but if you believe in him, give him another weapon, have that spectacular running back, you know, uh, a top shelf running back. So can you can you believe the hype on this guy this year, bro? Uh, the the people that are like MVP possible MVP, I'm like, you realize I, he's on a ten game losing I, streak, right? Can I you don't can you let him? It. I actually feel bad for the kid. Me like, too. can you let him? Nah. Can, can you let him play? Well, I say that because he's not doing this. If you watch his interviews, he's a pretty humble kid. This is all media driven and like social media driven. Like he's on a ten game losing streak. He's he has stunk. Like he's like bad. Can't throw the ball. Amazing runner. Incredible athlete. Good kid. But what are we talking about? It's like can you slow down? There's you know we're we'll get into it again. <laughs> but they're likely to be in last place again this year. So. You know, MVP, Jesus Christ. But I just think it would be a night nice, add one more dimension to, to that team to help that kid out. If this team wasn't in their division, I the Jaguars would be a great piece for him. Oh, totally. Because totally. ETN could be that third down yeah. back, scat back, receiver out of the backfield, and Taylor could pound you on first and second down. Yep. Oh. Or you ah. could have them both on the field at the same time because they're both runners Correct. and receivers. So it, you I could know, really get cool. versatile with that oh with that kind of thing. So guy just got guy just got hit in the head. That stings. 
we'll see what happens with that. Last thing before we get to our divisional breakdowns, um, Sam Darnold. Inch, I'm I'm fascinated by this just because of the whole triumphant there of Purdy, Trey Lance, and Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has taken the job as QB two, backup quarterback for San Francisco. Um, my my lord, how we you? I don't think you and I are surprised at this at all because neither one of us no. were huge, were big on Trey Lance at all coming out of college, but. Are you a little surprised that – I mean, he is their first-round pick. They traded up. They traded a lot to move up, and they're still willing to go with Sam Darnold as their backup, which means they're probably going to try to move Trey Lance. They're probably going to try to ship him somewhere, which is amazing to me. Good buddy of mine, uh, Tommy Reynolds. He's a uh, Niner fan, and uh, I just sent him a thing, like a funny thing on Twitter. And it's like a broken down old like stereo system. Broken, but could be fun to fix. And had Trey Lance underneath it, like as a caption. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not surprised because we didn't like him no. three, four years ago. But, but what the Niners did to get him. That's that's stings. the kicker. Stings, stings, dude. That's right. where it's like. And then you get Purdy out of the last pick of the draft. It's incredible. Darnold's been getting better and better since he left the Jets. It's amazing it like. when you put some decent talent around Sam Darnold. He looks nice. good. The funny thing is he looks the best in camp so far for the Niners, which doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it means some doesn't mean everything, but it means something. But you you're not going to sit a guy who won every single game that he started and finished last year. So, Purdy's obviously the man. I, I agree. If his elbow's bad is good then it's no it's not a problem to me like Absolutely. I agree totally. But it, he is a little diminutive, so if he were to get banged up again this year, it would be interesting to see what happens with Sam Darnold with all that talent. You know, you got a great offensive line, you got McCaffrey at running back, you got all these receivers and tight ends, Kittle, Deba, D- like they're loaded. So he was he never was been he's never good. been on a team with, with, like this, right? And he was moving the ball pretty good last year with the Panthers. So you put from time to he time. doesn't make the, he doesn't make that mistakes now with those Not mistakes he did with the Jets. Yeah. So. I think they're okay there with yeah, that. If something it's happens, it's fascinating. It's a whole fascinating story that with the three of them, I just think they're going to have to move Trey Lance. I just don't think you have people coming on saying that uh, Shanahan is trying to screw Trey Lance, and it's like you realize they look bad. Yeah, they, no, that's and they don't no. want to look bad. Like they didn't pick him and try to look bad. They wanted him to do well. You know what I mean? So that's just ridiculous, but. It's interesting to me. Sam Donald still has some love around the league, and I don't know. Maybe he's showing that he deserves it. So um, it'll be interesting there. And you know, what, you know, another thing with Lance too, dude, is like he's got no trade value anymore. Oh no, you're lucky if Duck. you get like a fifth or sixth round pick. Oh, dude, uh, yeah. I don't even know if you'd get yeah. that. You know, and I, I've been, I'm looking around the league, and I'm saying, where could he go? Like, I mean, seriously, considering where could he go? Like Minnesota? I don't know. Miami, Cleveland, backup Cleveland, Ugh, maybe. I don't know if you want two shit shows as your quarterback. Is your boy Kalamon still a Viking or is he gone? No, he's on Cleveland. I think he's already the backup in Cleveland, so that's not going to happen. Um, because he oh, played, he, is. That's he played most of the game against the Jets. That's right. right. I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I've been. He gave up on him awfully. My eyes hurt, Pete. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I can't see anymore. Right. <laughs> so yeah i can't even think of too many places that where he could go like that who would be interested in him you know i was even watching the the houston game the other day and i'm like i'm sorry but mills still throws the ball really well I, like i'm a fan dude he, i'm a he's fan a, of he's a good quarterback i would love to see what he looks like with a lot of with some talent around him too so and cj stroud look better so i i 
I don't know, like Tennessee. No, they just drafted. Some, I can't think of anywhere where it's like, oh yeah, this will work. This, you know, it'd be good for him to go there. Like I wouldn't want him going to like Arizona, even that they'd never trade him in division. But you don't want to sit behind Kyler Murray. I, I like tell it's you, a I, I watched a little bit the other night of the Eagles game. Mariota looks terrible. Yeah. Dude, if you don't want to, if you don't want to play football anymore, then get out, dude. You look, I know. You, oh just, my god, cashing a paycheck. It's kind of sad. This is the second pick in the draft. Uh, first pick in the so, draft. Second. Second, right? Winston was Not behind Jameis, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible so, the moving pieces. So maybe Philly, maybe? with I don't But, like, ah. I don't, I don't know, know, man. It's really know, tough. Man. Like, draft picks are valuable, man. I, I, I'd sooner give up, like, a backup corner or something than, than a fifth-round pick. I don't know. I really don't yeah. know what you could get. It might not be worth anything. So they might be stuck with him. But I think you want that. You want that story out of the building at this point like yeah, let's yeah, move yeah. on let's yeah. do what's best for the kid and what's best for the organization and especially you know especially too bro like we've talked about this a lot shanahan a lot of pressure on this young fella now yeah not fire pressure but like no no you've got guys around you well, your contemporaries that have accomplished and you haven't accomplished yet you, ha- you don't kittle, have that ring kittle, yet kittle and mccaffrey on the back nine in their position for sure a lot Debo's, of those guys are. Debo's already been banged up because yeah. he plays so much. I w- Who's a left I, tackle? I mean, he's still he, the best in the league, probably. Uh, but Trent Williams, yeah, but he, he's, he's got to be. He's got to be thirty-five. Yeah, back half of his career for sure. Like, still great, but back half. So, I mean, they lose their DC every other year. I mean, it's dude. It's it's. This is what I mean by if Trey Lance was good, they're not trying to screw the kid. He's just not ready. No. Okay. No, no, no. And this is a win now team, so that's why you got to move on. You got to figure something else out. You know. Anyway, that's that's where we're at. Sam Darnold still, still unbelievable. Getting multiple chances. I think that says something, right? Like a lot of people still see something to keep giving him these opportunities. So, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, NFC East. Let's do it. Last year's NFC champion, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they got some defensive replacements, mainly replaced by the Georgia Eagles or the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. However, you want to. However, you want to place that, they seem to fill their team with a lot of Bama and Georgia guys. And not I don't the worst them. idea. Well, they are winners in college, they and they've been winners in the pros. So, like you said, not the worst idea. New running back situation: Miles Sanders out, DeAndre Swift in. They have like a three-headed monster there too, but I think Swift will be more the one back. Uh, question for you: Super Bowl hangover that usually seems to be a little bit of the case. Not so much lately as it was in years past. And the NFC is a little watered down, so I don't really see it from this team unless Hurts gets hurt. Right. No pun intended, but <laughs> um, but I think this team's loaded and ready to go. Okay, so let me start off by answering your question directly, which is I think there's I think they take a step back because I think okay. a, I think a few things went in their favor last year. They had a favorable schedule, um, you know, and and two things that have changed. Number one, Jalen Hurts is getting paid, so. You have to make decisions, and they have made decisions. Like you said, Miles <laughs> Sanders is gone. There's a number of guys on defense that are gone, and you're replacing them with rookies that you're hoping are going to be starters. I think they're still loaded. They're, the problem with the Eagles right now is they're starting to look like the Rams from a couple years ago when they did win the Super Bowl, so you got to throw this at them, where they're really top-heavy. There's still a lot of really good high-end talent on the starting lineup, but – they're, you're 
you're so concerned about injuries and any injuries if they get a couple they're fucked because they just don't have the depth yeah. because of the fact that they're playing they're paying more players top dollar now so i think they take a step back but i still do think they're a playoff team and one of the better and still one of the better what did they win what they go 13 and 4 last year 14 and 3 yeah, something that like that right. yeah, i don't think yeah. that happens i think it's more like 11 or 12 wins which is still a playoff team and still very dangerous and if they go into playoffs they have that playoff experience so i don't even think home field is the most important thing in the world you know all the way through so i think they're still very dangerous still very good i question their depth i question not, not that i know they had to let go of some guys cuz you just can't you're a super bowl team they're free agents you can't pay everybody so you got to make tough decisions you know, um, so we'll see what happens. I think those are the biggest questions. Th- those are the biggest questions. So I think they're still very, very good. I agree. But that division, hey. if you think two years ago we were doing this podcast and we were arguing with some of our listeners, Mike Dean from Dean Dumb Sports, saying that this um, was the worst division in all of football. Two years later, this is one of the toughest divisions in football right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, things have changed Fair. pretty quickly in the division. Last year, this this division brought had three three playoff teams. Now, maybe that says a little something about the rest of the NFC, but there were three playoff teams, say for whatever reason. So, it's a much tougher division. Um, schedule brutal. Uh, week two Vikings. Week five at Rams. Week six at Jets. Week eleven at Chiefs. Week twelve Buffalo home. Week 13, Niners home. Week 14 at Dallas. Week 15 at Seattle. It's tough. And week 18 at the Giants, which can mean a lot for both teams. If they're playing for home field, they're a bye. Giants looking to get in. That game can mean a lot. Snowy, cold, hopefully. So there's your third factor. Like, you don't have a third-place schedule anymore. You have a first-place schedule. Yep. Makes a big difference, you know? It makes a big difference. So we'll see what happens with that. Second place last year, playoff team, the Dallas Cowboys. Zeke out. Tony Pollard, the feature back. I don't love it. I love Tony Pollard. I'm a big fantasy football guy. I love Tony Pollard the last couple of years as that role. He got a lot of touches for turn game. Now as a starting running back, you're not going to have that. And I don't he's know. Not going to get be, the returns. Yeah. And sure. I don't know if he could be a bell cow back anyway. He's coming off a broken leg in the in the playoff game. Although Zeke was shot too, but they need to address that kind of guy that could like take 12, 15 carries from him. But we'll the see. The problem is he's a little undersized. Yes. And this goes back I, to the whole Jonathan Taylor issue, not with him specifically, but the idea of running backs. Like, how many years? Like, let's say he can carry the load for this year and next. How many years can a, can an undersized running back carry the load Right on a 17-game schedule? I've, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, that's a big ask, and this is why teams are very reluctant. Ezekiel Elliott is the is one of the very reasons that teams don't want to give that second big contract because it's it's hard to fulfill the contract, you know, because you just get the shit kicked out of you for for too much. It's the most physical position probably on the field. New offensive coordinator in town, Kellen Moore out to the Chargers, and now I think it's Schottenheimer's kid is the quarterback uh, is the offensive coordinator now. Yeah, but McCarthy's calling the place. But that's also what scares me with their run game too, because McCarthy likes chucking that thing around forty times a game. So, um, we've talked about this for years now in this podcast. Dak, good, not great, not yeah. not great under pressure. More of a more of a stack guy than a winner. Um, he needs help. The problem with Dak is he's not he's not truly top ten. I know people want to think that he is. No, he's, he's just not. not. Now, no, when you surround not. him with good players, he's he's pretty damn good. 
But when you see when they have to throw the ball 35, 40, 45 times, they never win. They're, they never win because that's he's not that guy. He's not right. that guy. Like, he's just not. So, And then the other side is, you know, during camp you hear all these stories about – the two things that bother me, number one, you're hearing about all the interceptions, which is bad enough as it is. But what really makes my ears perk up, when I hear defensive players, it's one thing to talk shit and say, yeah, got you, man. That's my ball. My, you know, whatever. It's another thing to start calling your starting quarterback a bitch and, like, really laying into him, which is what Diggs <laughs> did. And I question the faith that his teammates have in him. Like, I just don't. We talked about this before. I don't know that that happens to Tom Brady. I don't even know that that happens to Kirk Cousins. Like, you know, I don't even think that happens to Justin Fields. Like, that bothers me a little bit. And I don't know if that's a Dak problem or a McCarthy problem. It's probably a little bit of both. Um, But I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like what that means. I don't like what it means. Um. Top five defensively, great yes. defense. Micah Parsons digs on the outside. God, they got man. a good. They got a good front seven. Um, Van Der Esch, a linebacker. If he stays healthy, Van Der Esch is phenomenal, but he Agreed. rarely does. Agreed. And, Micah and Parsons is different when he's on the field. Oh, Micah Parsons is just. I mean, he's the closest to like Lawrence Taylor that we've seen since. I mean, yeah, it's really pretty player. close, and he could do so many goddamn things, and he's super smart. He's just he's just unbelievable. He's probably right now. You know, if not the best top five defensive players in the league right now, like there's just no doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. Scary guy, scary guy's one of those guys that every time he's on the lead, on the field, you have to count for <coughs> no matter where he lines up. And the problem is he lines up all over the fucking place, so you never, you know, you really got to pay attention. And that messes with offenses because it could change your scheme whether or not he's at middle linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive end. I don't know. Maybe they'll line him up at goddamn tackle. Who knows? So it really messes with how your blocking scheme is going to be. Schedule, week we one, Sunday night football at the New York Football Giants. Let me stop you there. This is a how, – how so early, but this is a huge game. Not record-wise, but like what it says. Mentally. Yes, I really do think – I know that's crazy to say, and the teams would never admit it. I just think – I think it says something. If they lose that game, let's say they only score like 13 points or something like that. McCarthy is already going to be getting shit on for play calling and, and that kind of stuff. So what if they come out and win 35 to 10? Now the, the pressure now falls onto Daniel Jones. Like it's just it's amazing Great. how big, not for the record, but for what will for the aftermath yeah. <laughs> for, for what comes Monday. You know, that's why. Yeah. Giants and Cowboys seem to open up a lot on, on primetime, which I get. Um but they're both contenders we, this year. That's that's why you know it's so big. They're they're kind of on a level. Yeah. Week two, the New York Jets go to Dallas, Jerry's World. Jets will kill them. Week five at Niners. Week six at Chargers. Week nine at Eagles. Week fifteen at Bills. Week sixteen at Dolphins. And week seventeen, our old faithful, the Detroit Lions, come to town. That game could be huge. That game could end up being huge. The third place team, playoff team, surprise, surprise last year, the New York Giants. Shocker. Darren Waller in a tight end. How many? Let me ask edition. You, how many times last year during the season did we say, "All right, this is it"? Like they're they're <laughs> they're done winning now. Like at least at least until Halloween. <laughs> I think it was a little later than that. Yeah, you're probably and right. Yeah, we were wrong. Like Dable just did a great job keeping that thing together. So yeah, just crazy. Uh, Darren Waller in uh, Jones' new contract, very very uh, very expensive. 
yeah. Barkley kind of franchise tag, kind of not. I, he didn't take the tag, but the money's kind of the same thing. A very so, weird situation. So was it just a regular contract? Regular, non- regular one-year contract, but like the money's similar. I don't know. It was very weird. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, he's there. Those, those Penn State guys. Um, <laughs> can they repeat hey, last year? Let me year's ask. Success? Does that mean that they can franchise him next year for for the franchise yeah. price? Yeah. Fascinating. Why would he do that? Oh. I know. It makes no sense. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't because if he if he took the franchise this year, then the the price tag is almost double next year. Right, like you're getting quarterback money next year. So, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Can they? Excuse me. Can they repeat last year's success? I couldn't believe they did it last year. So, I don't I don't know. It's a weird thing because I didn't feel like their defensive personnel was very good last year, but they d- played pretty good defense. I, we know that they don't have great receivers, and I don't think Daniel Jones is really great. So it's like you're not a great quarterback. You don't have these great receivers. Darren Wall is there. Sure, that's nice. But, like, you have, I, so can they repeat it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I am genuinely lost. This is the one team maybe more than any team in the league that I'm a little, like, little lost. What I do like is because uh, Barkley signed that contract – there's no there's no noise. The Jets have sucked all the noise, all the oxygen out of the room, and the Giants get to just lay low, go about yeah. their business, and get ready for the season. And while I don't like that on the Jets side of it, if you're a Giants fan, this is exactly what you want. No buzz, no chatter, no chaos. Just get down to work and let's get the season going. And... I think of all the teams in the, in the NFC East right now, they're the quietest, which is always a good sign. It's always a good I sign. Said, I said this to you about the Steelers a couple weeks ago. I like the quietness of it. Absolutely. They're just going about their business. Look at all the teams that had chaos last year, and half of them either missed the playoffs or got knocked out early. You know, Tampa, Green Bay. Broncos, Raiders. Yeah, all the noise and nothing to show for it. Browns. And the, and the Giants were quiet last year and somehow made the goddamn playoffs. So, yep. Yep. Can they do it? Yeah, I guess the, just I just talked myself into saying, yeah, I guess they can do it again. Schedule. Week three at the Niners. Week five at the Dolphins. Week six at the Bills. I think the Jets and them play somewhere in between. I think that at- Dolphins game is a really tough spot for the Giants there just because of all those weapons that, that assuming two is healthy. Week Yeah, week 10 at Dallas. Um, but you said week one's huge too. Huge. Uh, week 15 at the Saints. Week 16 at Philly and Week 17 Rams come to town. That's a tough game for the Rams. If they're coming east. And we'll see where the Rams are. Cold. Yeah, that oh, game yeah, might we'll not see, mean yeah. shit for them. If they're out of the playoffs, right. who knows? Yeah, um, that's a that, tough that's game a, for the Rams might be a, That might be a break right there for the Giants. If they're fighting for a, a playoff spot, the Rams are out of it. And they're coming east and you're home. Oh, that could be. Nothing's a layup in this league, but that could be as close to a layup as there is. What was Week 16? At Philly. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Boy, to get a break with the Rams at the end there. Go ahead. Washington Commanders. Sam Howell, QB1. Eric, the enemy, the enemy offensive coordinator, who already is starting some waves out there. <laughs> I know. I know. Ron Rivera, hot seat city. <laughs> For sure. Um, And they always have a great defensive line. That keeps them in so many games, dude. They got the Bama guys. They got Chase Young. But Chase Young hasn't been good for a year and a half now. Dude, they didn't give him his fifth year. 
now they didn't. They must know something. Yeah, that they was must curious know something. to me. That was so curious to me. Um, so I was thinking about this the other day when, when I knew we were going to be doing this division. If you just break down the commanders and the Giants, who has a better offensive line? I think Washington does. Who has a better running game? It's close, but, you know. Idly and Giants. Giants there. have a better running back. I don't know if they have a better running game, but yeah. they have a better running back for sure. That helps. The receivers, it's not even close. Washington no, has not. way better receivers. Um, Jets, uh, Giants certainly have a better tight end, but Giant, uh, Washington is okay there. And just defensively overall, Washington is better with a, with a, a real great defensive head coach. Sam Howell is like the big you know, X factor here compared to Daniel Jones. Like, let's not forget that Daniel Jones, like, threw 15 touchdown passes yes, uh, last year. Like, he wasn't, he didn't have some barn burner year where he threw 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions. It was like 15 and six. It wasn't amazing. This is where all the controversy came with, like, him getting a huge contract. And what we've seen from Sam Howell in a preseason so far, it's like, this kid could be serviceable. And if they protect him with those weapons, I, everybody's got Washington in last place. I get it. Because the rest of the division is strong. But are they really that much worse than everybody else? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, dude, Rom. Oh, so good. Sorry. Um, He's been struggling. He can't putt today. Uh, you just you just seen the play you just almost made from, just... a, from, from like around the corner. <laughs> um, wow, Morikama put up a 61. Jesus Christ. The 61s are flying like they're like hotcakes yeah. the last couple weeks. We'll get into that later. Um. It's all Sam Howell to me. If he's let me and he doesn't be amazing, but is he good? Is he a good player? Because I don't think we any of us think we Daniel like Jones is Carolina, amazing. We like the Carolina, tough as nails. You had good guys around him. Yeah, the the year before is last year. I think that would be yeah. his sophomore year. Well, he yeah, was well, fantastic. Left, he would have been a top left. ten pick if he would have came out then. Yeah, yeah. Two running backs leave for the NFL. All the receivers, half the offensive left. line. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, and then he struggled his junior year, but like. He's a good player, and they love North him. Car North Carolina, to me, and they've been putting guys in the NFL as long back to Lawrence Taylor. Isn't it They're never great, but they but they it's, got good players. It's, I think about that all the time. Like, there's so many elite players that come from there, but meanwhile, they're never like a contender. Nah, we never, never consider them. They never win the ACC. Like, they could be good this year with Drake May, but that's a that's a conversation for another day. So, but I think you're he's right. A little overrated, but we'll get into that maybe next. We week. shall see. We shall see. Um, the the. The addition by subtraction of Daniel Schneider. I don't that, think it hurts. That, I think that, it certainly yeah, helps. I, I think so too. Even if it's just a short term, you know, energy hey, in the building. Yeah, or, hey, we got that shit yeah. done and over with. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that cloud over our heads anymore. I definitely think that's a positive. I think even the coaching staff probably feels freed from that. Um, even just the investigation alone, constantly having a cattle prod up your ass, looking up into your emails and your personal messages and all this kind of stuff, like just to have that shit done and gone, it's probably a relief and probably frees them up to do a better job. So, and they've looked good in a preseason. Again, preseason doesn't mean dick, but you look for things, not so much scores, wins, and losses, but what do you see? And I see Sam Howell looks like a. He looks like, to me, he looks like what Baker Mayfield was supposed to look like when he got drafted number one overall. Like a very competent, accurate, semi-athletic quarterback. You know, slightly undersized, good arm. 
Dude, he makes good decisions. He's super accurate. I like what I've seen so far. Forget about the wins and losses. I just like what I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two t- you know, the last game, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's always a good sign. So that's the curious thing. I just look at a team. I'm like, okay, receivers are better. Offensive line is better. Defense is better. I think Giants have a better head coach. And I think the Giants have a better running back. It comes down to quarterbacks. So, And we don't love Daniel Jones. Most people don't love – nobody loves Daniel Jones. You might like him. Nobody loves him. No, that's true. So I don't know. And this goes back to what I said when we were talking about the Giants. I'm not sure what to think of them. I hate when I see teams got a mediocre quarterback and below average wide receivers. What do you – you know, this is how you get 15 touchdowns last year, only 15 touchdowns, and you're winning games 74. They going to do that again this year? I know that I know. That's a that's I think really, that's a big ass. All these that's one really score tough games. To do that to your defense too, dude. Year in year out, yeah. So uh, Washington is very. I don't. I don't think they're as bad as people think. I I I I think I agree with you on that. I don't think they're great. You basically have a rookie quarterback, but I don't think they're as bad as people think. I really don't. So, dude, they were winning games is, with Taylor Heineke. Sam Howell's better so than Taylor the, Heineke. This is going to go against what I'm just saying, but so in division order, I got the Commanders finishing fourth. However, I think this league this year could be kind of like the opposite of last year. Not like not like everyone's going to be eight and nine, nine and eight, but something like the the NFC South last year was ugly, and we'll get into that in in, in five minutes. But I could see the Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders being right around the same record ish. I agree. I think I think these games. I think the NFC East is not as obvious as people think, because Dallas has a great defense. Washington has a great defense. Giants may have, and Giants don't have a bad defense, but they might have the worst defense in the division. That doesn't mean it's a bad defense. It's just the worst in the division. You, you know Man, what I'm saying? That's, a, that's that's a great question, dude. I like Wink. I'm just saying, personnel wise, I think you're. I think you might be right. Although, I don't know. Philly lost a lot of guys. Dude. Philly That's lost a lot bad. of guys. This is what I'm saying. There's, yeah. This division is is funkier and closer than you think. I really do think so. Because so then you throw in the fact that Kellen Moore is gone and McCarthy. Do you trust McCarthy calling the plays? So, like, I think Dallas is actually pretty I good. I But I, I, I feel and I a like lot the, better like if Moore was game. still there. I don't, I don't love the run game either, dude. I, I think that's, so there's... There's intrigue with every team. There's like an issue with every team. So, so like, I got I, 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 let me put it this way. When's it, so you're looking at you have schedule there. Like when does Philly play Washington? Oh yeah. So oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, uh, Commander schedule. Week two at Broncos. I put that on there because Denver can't might not be a disaster yet. But I wrote that before Judy went down. So I don't <laughs> know. Week three Bills. Week four at Philly. I mean, so l- that's what I'm saying. On paper, we just assume, oh, Philly wins that game. I don't know that that's so obvious. They I'm not beat saying them in Philly last year, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying I would pick Washington, but I don't think it's just. I don't think it's a layup. I don't think Washington is some layup. This is a tough physical, you know, yeah. team with a defensive old head coach is physical. Yeah, all three, all three of their coaches are fucking old school guys. Yeah, yeah, the enemy, yeah. Rivera and Del Rio, they're all old school right. guys, man. So I be careful. Get after your ass. That's all I'm saying is be careful. You know, be careful. Week 7 at Giants. Week 10 at Seahawks. Week 12 at Cowboys. 13 Dolphins home. Week 16 at the Jets. 
Now, week 17, Niners coming to town. That's a fucking good game. See, even like the Jets game. Like, I would love to sit here and say, oh, Jets are going to win this game. Giant, um, Washington's coming. It's a short ride. And you're coming yep. to a stadium that you're familiar with. Yep. So, like, it's a tough, tough spot. I don't want to play Washington late in the season. I don't want to play no, you a physical defensive team you late in the season. Nope. Nope. You want to play with the a fucking Bears. Banged up offensive line and shit. Like, no. So, I'm not saying they're great. I just be careful. Be careful. Don't sleep on Washington. I'll put it that way. For me, Commanders in last, kind of barely. But I kind of like their team too. I don't know. I got Dallas in third. I think their run game. I think I think the Cowboys fans are going to miss Calum more than you think. Because McCarthy's, I don't know. He's, I don't know. I got the Giants in second. I just think they played physical. I think Barkley's going to want to play for a contract. I, he's he's going to play great. I think Jones pressures off him now a little bit. I think he's confident. Um, Waller's going to help. I still don't love their weapons, like you said, but their schedule's not really, really too hard either. And one, I got Philly. I just think they're ahead above at the rest of them at this point. I do. I I agree. I don't think they're going to be fourteen and three, but I think right. they're, I think they're I think they'll win by two or three games in the division. Okay, so I have Commanders in last, somewhere around like seven and ten. Wouldn't even be surprised yeah. me if they were like eight and nine. I just yeah. it's a first year. It's really first year starting quarterback, and the rest of the league doesn't have that. So um, that's the only reason. But I think they're dangerous. I think they're super dangerous. I, I'm going to put the Giants in in third. Um, I just don't think that you can replicate all these tough wins when you're ju- you're just. I just don't think that happens again. I think shit evens out, balances out over time. Just like I don't think Minnesota, like last year, had won eleven one score games and there were eleven and zero and one score games or something, whatever their thing was. These things balance out over time. So I'm taking the Giants for a third. I'm gonna knock Philly down to second place. Uh, I think it'll be close, wow. maybe up until the last game of the season. But I think the Dallas Cowboys actually win the division this year, probably by one game, probably comes down to the last game of the season. I just think they're more complete at this point. I think McCarthy – listen, McCarthy's – we forget McCarthy won a Super Bowl. This guy's not a moron. He understands the history of Dak. Uh, I, I believe he has to understand it and knows that this guy does best when they run the football well, when they're balanced. And when they do that, Dak is pretty good at play action. And you got guys like CeeDee Lamb out there. I think it could be very dangerous. So I think Dallas actually is going to – I'm going to take Dallas. The McCarthy thing does scare me. Make no mistake. I think Dallas is going to win this division by one game. So Philly's still in the playoffs, like I was saying before we started. Like I think they're still a playoff team. I think that defense is going to be a bigger issue than people realize. Do you have the Giants in the playoffs? I – can't say i don't know they're right there and i would say no normally but i think the rest of the, get NFC, off the fence get yeah off the, fence. the re- i would normally say no but the rest of the nfc is just so weird that yeah i don't know that they're going to get three teams in again this year somebody's got to lose so you know i'll say no i think the giants are not going to okay. make it we'll say they don't make it nfc south this is and there's teams in this division. Oh God! Which I think might be better than people realize. Somebody's got to win the division first of all, and that could hurt the Giants with a playoff spot. Mm. Is what I'm saying. Mm. Mm. I'll get to that later. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, I, I don't. I I I I want to. I want to feel you there. I just. I, <laughs> I got to see it. 
because I because because there's some talent. There's some teams here I kind of like a little bit, but I don't know. Like, you know what there are? There are parts of teams that yes. I really like. Sure, but there are few whole teams that I really like. I know. But if the whole team steps up to what the part of the team can do, I think team there's a couple teams that could be dangerous. Last year's division winner, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the best who's ever to do it, the man who walks on water. Uh, Tom Brady has called it quits. <laughs> Baker Mayfield comes in the door. Lazarus. Looking to, re- looking to replace him. <laughs> Fourth team in four uh, years. Fourth team in three years. That's uh, crazy. Uh, their offensive line wasn't great last year. Brady was getting his ass kicked. I think that's part of why he retired. Uh, I don't think it's much better. I think they also. I think they lost another guy or two off that that offensive line. Um, man, I know we kind of root for Baker here. I I, I don't but, as but much he, anymore. Because I saw an interview with him be, just yesterday where he's like, "I know my talent. I know my capability. Uh, I know yeah, my leadership." Got, yeah, I, and I and I'm like, "Bro, have you learned okay. nothing? So like, you have you learned just, nothing? You just set me up there perfectly. Thank you for that." <laughs> Because how long is Godwin and Evans going to put up with that shit? Especially when he's not completing balls, he's taking sacks, he's and he's and he's that cocky. Godwin's know, a pretty thanks. good teammate. He's a pretty quiet guy. Mike Evans. Evans is, is a great teammate. Yeah, he's a no, great he's teammate. A good, he's a great teammate, yeah. but he's not quiet. And no. if shit starts to go south, don't be don't be you're shocked when the guy, Jets you're try to, to make a, guy a trade put up for with Johnny Manziel. He's not fucking. <laughs> um, this team. I do not like the head coach. Nope. I like him as a this, coordinator. I this, love him as a this, coordinator. So this is a me too. This as a veteran laden team, this can go south for real quick. Very, very quick. Evans and Godwin. White on defense. Um Belmonte David on defense. Uh, this this thing could get ugly real fast. So so let me ask you this. There is some real talent there. I mean, there is some real NFL talent here. Do you think there's any chance of them having a, a good season, being a playoff team? Is it just I Tom think, Brady? I, I think I think they could flirt with it. The, the Brady and Baker's a huge guy. Oh my god! Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what do we always say? It's quarterback. I, of course. I'm just saying. Uh, is think, that the only reason we're I thinking think, it? I think they could flirt with it. Fournette's gone as well. You know, Gronk's gone again. You know, so they got Fournette. I mean, they got that kid. White's not bad. I think they could flirt with the playoffs just because the division's like shaky. I, I don't see them going in as a wild card though. Yeah. Like if they don't win the division, there's a real to me. There's like a real tank vibe around Tampa right now. I, that, I know. I feel that's like why it could go fat. Could, if they start zero and two, one and four, I could see them like trading off parts right quick. Like Lincoln real Riley, quick. Caleb Williams to the Buccaneers to combination. As I said, Mike Evans to the Jets. You, <laughs> you know, Jets just lost what's his name to uh, retirement. Yeah, retirement. Something's going on there. That's weird. He left the team for a, a couple of days because of some mental health issues. I think the grind of the NFL was mm. just too much for him. You know, he was a phenomenal player at Western. He got he, he was, was he was, he was really good with Tennessee. You know how excited yeah, I was that he came. Who am I talking yeah. about here? What the hell's his name? Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Yeah, I mean, I like I love the signing. So nobody is more excited than McCole Hardman now that Corey Davis. Oh sure, more touches, of course. <laughs> Schedule for the Bucks: Week one at Vikings. Week three, Eagles home. Week four at Saints. Week six, the Lions come into town. Week eight at Bills. Week eleven at Niners. Week fifteen at Green Bay, and week sixteen the Jaguars come calling. Mm. 
not a far ride from no. for them. Uh, last year, the Carolina Panthers finished second with your boy Sam Darnold at the helm. And Baker. Bryce, Bryce Young. Yeah, I guess. Bryce Young. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Young to start. Frank Wright in at head coach, who we like a lot. A lot. Young, fast defense that Matt Rule drafted that we were like really, we really, really liked. And we just thought it would just, it just never got there for Rule. They never got the pieces on offense fast enough. Uh, the thing that I don't like about this team is there are not too many weapons around them. I don't know what Miles Sanders has left. Um, Adam Phelan's their number one receiver. He's long in the tooth as well. I'm uh, not really a tight end kind of guy. Uh, Young's going to be going through rookie, rookie issues as it is. The worst part of all of it is their offensive line is not very good. No. And if you watch the preseason games, and just so you know, in preseason, teams don't game plan. So they're just going out basically doing their basic stuff for the most part. And he has been getting just eviscerated. I mean, mauled. And he's at best, he's 5'10", maybe 195. I just question whether or not he can survive a whole season just getting mauled every week. I just, I don't know that anybody could, regardless of your size. And he's on the smaller end. I just, that's, I think it's a big ask, man. It's, a, it's not good. What I've seen so far in the offensive line is not good. Schedule. Uh, week three at Seattle. Week four, Vikings home. Week five at Lions. Week six at Dolphins. Week 11, Cowboys home. Week 14 at the Saints. Week 16, Packers. Wow, Packers play a lot of these teams late in the year. And weeks and so the Jaguars. Week 17 at Jacksonville. Ah, that's, uh, I don't tough know. That's, and let me say tough. this. If people are asking, like, well, how come they don't have any weapons? Well, they gave up DJ Moore to move up to number one to get Bryce Young. So you don't yeah. have Bryce Young if you don't give up one of your real weapons. So, And that's a tough schedule for a young quarterback. Yeah. It's just tough. It's going to be a tough season. Especially late, dude. He could be bruised up, this like you said, mean. too. Yeah, that's oh, what I mean. I just with a bad offensive line, um, it's, it's, it's just tough. It's tough. Stuff. Third place team last year, a team that could never get going. They were good one week, bad the next. The New Orleans Saints, mm-hmm. they made the right move at quarterback. They went and got Derek Carr, who we like. Um, I think he's going to be very, really good there, too. Oh, he looks uh, so good. Um, so good. Alvin Kamara, long in the tooth as well, suspended a for a couple games. They got uh, Jamal Williams from the Lions last year, who scored like 75 touchdowns from like one yard <laughs> in. Um, Defense is always in the top 10. Really good scrambling defense. Defensive head coach as well. And they got one of the best home field advantages in the league. So if they get cooking, if they get off to a good start, that place is going to be rocking. And they're tough to beat in that building. You got you got eight or nine wins almost right then and there. So. Listen, we've talked about two teams before them so far. And we were struggling to find good things to say about both of those teams. Now you bring in Derek Carr. Good offensive line, solid running game, decent weapons, very good defense. You're in New Orleans. Indoor, yeah. Indoors. Bad division. You know, theoretically bad division. Indoors, uh, you should be feeling pretty good. I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders. I don't know. I'm not going to go quite that far that they're like in the Super Bowl bubble. At least not yet. We both – well, I, li- I think I like Derek Carr more than you, but I, I think you think he's good. I think I like him a little more than you. And when you look so at the rest I, of that division, you're like, oh, it's fucking great. So to be fair, to be fair, I do like them more than me on the Raiders. I like him a lot this year. He I, looks I, fantastic. I, and he looks invigorated. He looks excited. You know, like, hey, well, fresh dude, the start. Raiders, the Raiders just drain the shit out of you. Dude. I see, it's nice to be wanted, right? It's nice yeah, to be wanted. 
That's true too. You know, it sucks to not be wanted. You know, That's the Raiders true. like the idea of I, I still don't get it, but the idea that they sat him at the end of the year, it's like we it's like saying like we can't fucking get rid of you fast enough. I mean, who likes that? But yet I gotta yeah. stick around. <laughs> so uh, he yeah. You know, it's kind of like what you're seeing with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's that rejuvenated feeling of a fresh start, new start, new environment, and being wanted. You know, obviously the Jets pursued Aaron Rodgers. New Orleans went hard, went real hard after Derek Carr. So it's kind of like, hey, I got to return the favor here. I mean, I got to live it, live up to it. And uh, and in a weak division, he's he's a he's a king. Schedule also very likable. If I'm if I'm a Saints fan, yeah. Week three at yeah. Packers. Week three. Week three at Packers. Get that cold. Not cold. Yeah, not cold yet. Blah, blah. Love. Yeah. Mm. Jacksonville week seven. Week ten at the Vikings. Week twelve at the Falcons. A divisional rival game. Mm-hmm. Always a good fun game. Week thirteen Lions again. This team's a pain in the ass. They are. Week fifteen the Giants come into town. That could be a huge game. Fifteen early December. Oh, beautiful. They're lucky it's home, not up in MetLife. I, I, I know, I know. That's a tough game for the Giants. Yes. Week sixteen, week sixteen at the Rams again. Another question mark game for the Rams. I don't hate their schedule, dude. I don't we got hate the their... Panthers and Bucks twice, and I, I don't know. That's a yeah. I mean, what else can you say? You got the best quarterback in the league, probably the best defense in the league, definitely the best offensive, uh, pro- one of the best offensive line in the league. We'll get uh, we'll get to what might be the best in the next. Um, they should have a good season. They should really have a good season. And I think they play the things AFC lined South. up. Yeah, things lined up for them nicely. Yeah, things yeah. lined up for them nicely. And last place, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we touched on it before with Mariota last year. Just, just a train wreck. Um. Took a top 10 pick on a running back, Bijan Robinson. Not a lot of teams are doing that. They think maybe he's a missing piece. I, I don't think it's a great player. Another team with a decent offensive line. Uh, Desmond Very Ritter, good offensive second line. Year. Deck, second year, Desmond Ritter, your boy from Cincinnati. He's the question mark, right? Like, we still don't know. We saw some good things, but they were very careful with him uh, last season. Uh, I don't. I didn't hit that move. Or they weren't going anywhere last year. No, I like that they did it, and I like that they He's waited. They gave him some time yeah. to watch for a little while, then come in, and they were very careful with him. And I, I like that. Don't put too much on him too early. Uh, but he is the X factor for sure. Because and, and then what are we going to get out of their defense? Like because their defense has been pretty bad for a long time. But they have a. T- they have. I think PFF has their offensive line ranked number six. Wow. Like it's a very good offensive line, which means they'll be now you got Bijan Robinson, which yeah, I'm with you. You know me. I don't I don't take running backs first round, at least not top twenty. You want later on, whatever, it's different. But um but he is a baller. I mean, he's a ball player, and he's actually really good. He's a runner, he's a pass catcher, and he's good in pass protection, too, which is freaking huge with a young quarterback, right? And they got and they got Drake London at wide receiver and Kyle Pitts and at tight Kyle end. They, tight they, end. Got, they got some. They got, they got some things to either there. move the ball or keep the ball. Grind out some first downs, keep the ball, and not put your defense in precarious positions too much. Um, and offensive head coach, I like the head coach. Uh, I think he came into a fucking god awful situation. This was maybe the worst team in the league when Arthur uh, Arthur Smith took over. And I think he's done a very good, methodical job of building this team. 
he's been given some uh, shown some patience from above, which is nice to see in this league. A team recognizes, unlike say like the Houston Texans, who you're a shit team and you give no leeway to your head coach. Arthur Arthur Smith is. Oh, I keep wanting to say Arthur Jones. Arthur Smith <laughs> has gotten some leeway, which it's I Arthur like. Arthur Blank. <laughs> yeah, we 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 have we have we hear no pressure even this year. This will be his third year. We heard no pressure about him having to produce. They expect him to do better. I would suspect they expect him to do better because it's it's not the a horrible team, but I like the methodical way that they've been going about this. It's it's I like it. I like the direction they're trending up. Yeah. Schedule, Packers week two, week three at the Lions, week four at the Jaguars, week five Vikings home, week 13 at the Jets, and week 18 at the Saints. Mm, that'll be large. Um, in order for me, I got the Panthers <laughs> in fourth. I think it's just a lot to ask for a rookie quarterback. I do too. Uh, head coach in a new spot. I, I like Next year, we could be talking about them like the Falcons this year. If you want to ask me about – what order before preseason even started? I don't know that I would have had Carolina in last, but I do now. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. you can't if you can't protect a young quarterback, you're in trouble. No, you're doomed. You're doomed. You're in trouble. Third place, I got the Buccaneers. I think that could be a sinking ship. No pun intended. Fast. I, a lot of veteran players could want out. Trade me. Trade me. Get out. I don't want to play with yep. Baker. I don't want to play with Todd Bowles anymore. Goodbye. Good night. I agree totally, and I think there's a chance that they could be competing with Carolina for that last place position, especially if, like you said, things go south quickly. If it gets bad early, I think they go into take for the tank for Caleb Williams kind of mode, yeah. uh, the kid from USC, and um, I think they could just sell off some pieces. I think if this team were to start off like zero and three, one and four, one and five, I think I think pieces could be moved real fucking quickly, yep. Yep. real quickly. Left tackle, uh, Mike Evans, those kind of players, uh, linebackers yeah. who, you know, I think things yeah. could move very quickly. Yeah, if Denver if Denver doesn't get off to a bad start and whatever, I wonder if Mike Evans likes Denver. Um, Everybody likes Denver. I mean, I'm being serious. Like a beautiful city. People, you know, you've seen this for years. Players have no problem and coaches have no problem signing with Denver. Yeah. Know? So new ownership, that could change things. How impatient is the new ownership? But the previous ownership was great. So that's only yep. – you know, wild card there is that it's a new ownership, and wh who knows how much the Waltons, the Walmart ownership, you know, how patient they yeah. are. But. Second place for me, I got the Falcons. Yeah, I think they're going to take a big step up. I think we just talked <clears> about <throat> them. We, there's a lot to like. And number one, I got the Saints. I think it sets up perfectly for them. A veteran quarterback that, that's excited, knows what he's doing. Coaching staff's been around a long time. You know, weapons in every, yeah. every level you want. So I'm with you on the order. Atlanta is the team that I had in mind when you asked me, are the Giants going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I think that's Atlanta I, and that's why I was like, could be right there. You know, I their defense is pretty rough, but they're in a much easier division, um, and they got a really, really good offensive line, and they can shorten games by running the ball a little bit with a great running back and a good offensive line. Um as opposed to the Giants, who are in a very tough division with tough defense, all tough defenses. Everybody's got a good defense in the NFC. So, like, I think that I think it's Atlanta by the end of the season. If they're if they continue on the trajectory that they've been on, I think that is who the Giants could have an issue yeah. with. You know, I Fair. think that could be who's fighting for that spot. That's all I got. All Next right. week we'll do the NFC North. And we're getting closer, and then we'll do college football preview next week as well. Very cool. 
Hey, um, earlier today, uh, we had the opportunity to interview Dan Garrett, head football coach of the King University Cougars. Mm-hmm. The Cougars. But this is the animal, not the milf older lady. So uh, <laughs> here's, here's our interview with Dan Garrett of King University. All right, guys, I'm joined by Dan Garrett, head coach of the King University Cougars. Dan, how you doing today? Is, I am doing fantastic catching up with an old buddy who I haven't seen in decades. <laughs> what, what what better way to be in the start a football season and catch up with an old pal? Full disclosure, Dan and I played high school football together, played a little in college together before my body broke down, and uh, he has continued going, and I'm excited. How long have you been at Kane? This is my 21st year at the same school. And how long as a head coach? Uh, this is year 18. Wow, 18 years. Jesus. Unbelievable. Yeah, tell me about it. So I'm going to get right into the questions, and uh, we'll see what you got. I, the first question I wanted to ask is I, I, I'm trying to come up with stuff that, like, maybe listeners would want to hear about that they don't get from, like, what you would normally see on, like, ESPN or something like that. We're better than them anyway. So um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question about recruiting. So obviously, you know, you go out there, you're trying to get the best players available, but as a Division three school, you're fighting against – you know, D1 schools, D2 schools, whatever, FCS, whatever they call them now. So how do you go about doing it? Do you just target the best possible players or do you see what trickles down? How do you how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I, and I think it's such a loaded question in today's world because obviously, Pete, we're older now, right? When we were in school, there was just VHS tape. There was no <laughs> internet. There was no social media. So like people, you know, it was they could get lost, right? They, they maybe didn't get the higher levels because of what I just said. So today's world, man, everyone is um, social media driven. Everything's out there, you know, camps and ratings and stars and who's competing with who. And, you know, if this kid goes to this camp, you have to put it up there. So, you know, everyone's value is on like a social media platform. Right. Now. Um, so for us, like we target anybody like, you know, today I have a kid coming up who's looking at UPenn, like, and academically, you know, he's coming to our scrimmage tonight with his mom and dad. And like, he's entertaining some FCS and some Ivy Leagues. Um, and ultimately what we talk about, is it the right fit? And right. what I mean, the right fit, number one, like I'm a dad, right? I'm a dad now, Pete, you know, I got three kids. My oldest now is a freshman right now, currently at Monmouth. He's in preschool wow. camp, which is wild. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, you know, when we talk about the fit being a division three school and if guys don't get that offer, right, they don't get that offer where yeah. they can blast on social media and, and get all that hoopla that comes with that. Um, you know, I want to make sure it's the right fit for him and his family financially. You know, because we don't offer scholarships because it's a need-based thing. And if your academic merit warrants it, you'll get some academic money. But, you know, first and foremost, you might love Kane. You might love the facilities. You might love Coach Garrett and his staff. But if it doesn't make sense for you and your family financially, like, I don't want you coming here because, right. you know, that, that bill is real. And that bill, you know, we are more affordable than most schools. But, like, when you talk about a number of 28500 as a father, that number is still real. Right. You know, so if you talk to people and, and the thing where people get really confused on our level, they think, well, if you're an EOF kid, everything gets paid for. That's not true. Um, you get if you get full EFO grant, that's only about seventeen hundred and fifty dollars. And then if you qualify for the UF program, you know, you're looking at full Pell and full tag somewhere around sixteen thousand. So, you know, maybe you're a little over you know, eighteen thousand total. So that, that's awesome. But if you want to live on campus. Right. Like tuition alone is only 13,000. So you're covered. If you live right. in local and you can drive here. Um, you know, that's all good. But if not, you know, you start to come up with about $10,000, whether that be loans or some type of payment plan. So the first thing financially is a big deal for us. And the second component really after targeting the best of the best is, hey, man, is this a right fit for you uh, academically? Like, what do you want to study? 
You know, like for me, when we back in the day, you know, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. My things changed 1,600 times. End up going exercise science. So, like, you want to go to school that has something that's going to be open doors for you at the end of it. Um, and not that the college degree is everything, because my dad was a plumber, right? He, he didn't go to college. He graduated high school, had a great trade. Me and my brother lived well, you know, in Clifton, New Jersey, as you know, and, yep. and we didn't want for anything. You know, so we just talk about the importance of that passionate academic mode because most right. kids want to go to for football, right? But if you don't find some type of passion in the academic world, um, you know, you're not going to stay in college long. So, right. you know, when we want, we talk about the development, you know, so the academic component is more about your development because if we're able to keep you here as a really good recruit, right, what's good is it to have one good year when you're going to get better and better every year? I, I need to see you as a senior. So the second right. component is the academic component. And then third, like football, like, you know, we might want you, but when you come here, like, there's no glamour. Like, well, you know, I, yeah. I am still, like, real hard on my sleeve. Uh, I don't pull any punches. The first thing I say, hey, man, if you came here today expecting to get in a jersey and a photo shoot, like, this isn't the place for you. Um, you know, so, like, and some guys we lose because they really want that. And, it, right, and right. it's, it, you know, not everyone gets to be recruited. So we have, like, Under Armour mannequins. And if you want to take a picture of mom or dad, we have that set up. But we don't do the hoopla that comes with all that. Like, right. So to me, it's more about substance, not the fluff. Um, because a lot of guys get caught up in the substance of recruiting. It doesn't mean just because someone's telling you something that's real. And as soon as they step foot on campus, we talk to the parents and the family about the word trust. You know, and trust oh, is huge. something that's it's everything. Oh, it's everything, and it's a repeated experience over time, right? So as soon as I start my introduction, I say, guys, you don't have to believe anything I tell you. I want you to go back and talk to your high school coaches or some people that you might know who have attended Kane and ask them about, you know, what their experience was like at Kane because you shouldn't believe a coach. You just right. got in front of them. There's going to be guys who are real and genuine and sincere, and maybe other guys who maybe aren't so much. So, you know, because trust is, is a repeat experience over time that can be ruined in, in one split second. So yeah. from the time we meet them, I want it to be a genuine interaction that when we meet them in November of their senior year and we talk to them on campus in January, when they come here in August, there's no there's not three different stories being told. It's the same consistent story, the same messaging, you know, all around. So those things are huge in recruiting. So you mentioned about having some local kids, like maybe they won't <clears throat> have to stay on campus and stuff like that. Do you take pride or do you kind of look for kind of those hidden gems that might be a little more local? Like, hey, maybe th this kid might have something that, you know, some of the bigger schools aren't seeing and or maybe it hasn't even blossomed yet. But damn, it just popped out on the tape. And I, I, I kind of want to take a shot at this one. Do you ever get yeah. to do stuff like that? All the time, you know, and, and I really relate that, number one, I'm a proud Division Three product, right? I, I mean, yeah. I talk about that. I played Division Three, I coached Division Three. I, I, I only know one other level for a short period of time, one year, because I picked the wrong school for the wrong reasons. Right. You know, I fell in love with the recruiting process back in the day with no internet, with no social media, and I picked a Division Two school just so I could sign on February 7th and say I'm a Division Two scholarship athlete when that scholarship was $2,500. And this kid from Clifton, New Jersey, is going out to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and, and talk about a whirlwind that changed. And, and the yeah. people out there were phenomenal, but it wasn't the right fit for me. I picked it because of a coach. I picked it because of a program, but I didn't think of all the other things that come with that. So I think we do that all the time because there's plenty of kids at our level who fall um, because they're not 6'4". Maybe they're 6'2 right. in their alignment. Um, there's kids that fall all the time because they're on a 205-pound tailback, but they're 185, and they run like they're 205. And, and, you know, there's so many intangibles that the highest level looks at that, if you're not X, Y, and Z, like they're not even recruiting you, right? So I think the biggest thing for us, we just evaluate film. And if yeah. that kid, we think that kid's a really good football player, regardless of the intangibles. I, yeah, I, I always found that fun as a coach. Like you have a kid who comes out because he's an athlete. And this is definitely different because you're looking at football players. But yeah. I'm, I'm kind of relating it to the idea of like a kid comes out because he wants to play football. 
doesn't even know what position he wants to play. But nope. you're you're looking at him and you're like, there's something there. I gotta find it. I, I I need him here. Like I want him here. There's something about the kid. And sometimes it might even be attitude or who knows. So that's why I just think it's you know it's really yeah. cool when you find uh, hidden gem kids like that. Yeah, those hidden gems. So you've been there for over 20 years now, either as a head coach or assistant. Um, there's obviously been so many changes in football. When, before we even started this interview, you talked about how you not even can't even do double sessions anymore, which just blows my mind in college football. But I mean, they're missing out on the struggle. Anyway, um, and the struggle was real. Oh, it was real for sure. Just getting sleep. You wouldn't mind falling asleep in a dead sun, just like anything to close your eyes for a couple of minutes. Hundred um, percent. But in those years, what's 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 like the biggest change that you've seen, or that you've gone through? Oh man, it's um, you know, it, it would probably be the daily structure of preseason camp. You know, because when when you know, I hate saying it because we sound like our dads, right? When we were back in the day. Um, there was there was triple sessions like we went through three sessions and then it, it trans you know transformed to double sessions and then it transformed to you know a double session and, and and you could follow it with a single session and back to a double session and now it's just single sessions with a walkthrough and I, and I think when you say it, the struggle's real but I think like football man like you have to go through it like it's yeah. it's one of those sports that if you don't go through it and you don't push through it and you don't learn how to to deal with the the, the perseverance that's needed for the fourth quarter like it's like life, like, like now life's very easy. Like, and if it's too hard, people just either walk away or quit. Yeah. And like football, if you walk away or quit, you're letting down 99 other guys. And, and I think that, that, that grind, that practice, that double session, wherever it was would, you know, like anything else in society, right? People, people ruin it by going too much. Right. And that's yeah. why we don't have double session. Anymore exactly. People were three hour practices and they're running for two hours. No water. But I think yeah. part of that man is like, you have to go through it in order to build mental toughness and be gritty and, and be learn how to be resilient and learn how to persevere when your body's not feeling comfortable because football, man, it ain't comfortable. Like, and there's nothing uncomfortable about football. Not comfortable putting a helmet on, not comfortable blocking somebody, not comfortable in natural tackling somebody. And I, and I think that has been the biggest change. Kids are not necessarily uh, weaker. It, it's just that, you, you know, you're not allowed to go through that process that you weren't allowed to go through to build them a little, maybe mental toughness. So how have and you I'm adjusted? Yeah. Have you, have you added more practice, like start earlier or, so they just got what you got. They give you a start in time and that's it. Yeah. So like hypothetically, you know, we used to start August 17th, August 18th, and your first game would be the first week of September. So now you, you really have almost seven, eight, nine more days. And it's great because there's, there's more teaching time. There is a, there's a different methodology behind it. You know, ideally we would like to do, you know, our practices in the morning to get out of the heat, you know, and then we talk about, you know, a little bit of a meeting time to, to correct. And then we go to a walkthrough again. So now we really slow it down so you teach it, reinforce it. Because the only good way to learn, right, is by failing. And, and when you fail, like the methodology, right, let's practice it. Let's see it. Let's walk through it. And then at night meetings, let's then let's reinforce it. So there's definitely been a change in just the methodology, too. So, you know, and like anything else, I think anybody in, in their field that doesn't adapt, adjust, improvise, and overcome, it's time to get out of your field, right? So no matter whether you're in it for 28 years, 50 years, five years like things are constantly in flux things yeah. are constantly changing and you better be amenable to adjusting to the change that leads perfect to my next question so like I, I, over the last five to ten years or so maybe a little longer than that um the game has really evolved into more of a passing game you know uh part of it is just the camps that these high school kids go to that weren't necessarily available before pa passing camp seven on seven camps all that kind of stuff part of it is also just the rules like the way you're allowed to hit people can't touch quarterbacks um, you know, you can't head, you know, headhunt wide receivers over the middle like it used to be. So 
my question to you is like, have you adjusted to that? Like a lot of teams have adjusted or have you kind of said, you know what, this is what everybody else is doing. We're going to go a, a little opposite. I, and I asked that in the sense of like thinking of like a Michigan instead of an Ohio State. Ohio State is a more high flying, throw the ball all over the place where Michigan and Jim Harbaugh has kind of, I'll say, somewhat gone old school, a little more, you know, physical, run the ball. What direction have you kind of taken with that? Yeah, I, I because think it's hard good. if you're, you know, recruiting against other people, you're recruiting the same players. And if you're doing something else, then you're recruiting a whole different set of players. So I was just curious which direction you've chosen to go. Yeah, you know, listen, at the end of the day, when it comes back down to recruiting, we're going to we're gonna morph and mold our scheme to the personnel that we have. So, like, in my world, I would love to be able to get a 230-pound fullback and run power, counter, isolation plays, right? But, like, we had one last year. We don't have one this year. So, you're, you know, you're going to see more of an H-back type of hybrid tight end off the ball, moving around to be that guy. Uh, which makes you a little more spread. And, you know, so I think over the years, what, as soon as you, like, whatever it was now, eight, nine, ten years ago, when they learned to take the head out of tackling and you yeah. learned about the rugby tackling, like, those things are instantly things that we taught uh, shoulder tackle and no more down the middle, leave with your head, crown your helmet. Like, we don't even use the word helmet anymore in our teaching because it's all about shoulder and leveraging on the lower half of the body in that rugby style. So uh, from the defensive side, you know, we, we try to always do um, part the whole technical teaching of the tackling, even when, like, when we're not in helmets because the head's never in it. So we teach it in the spring or even in beginning of preseason. We could do it just with a helmet on because we're not, it's not a, it's more of an art than in the olden days where you just, like you said, you're going to headhunt. You're going to run, try to run just as far as you can <laughs> and then put your helmet in the chest, which is not the way you teach it anymore. So, and on offense, it's just like, hey, man, what do we, what's our personnel and what do we think we're going to be best at? Is it is it 10 personnel where you got to be four wides and, and use more RPOs as opposed to, you know, everyone has RPOs now, but yep. some might do more based on what you have in your philosophy. So I think it goes back to personnel. We reevaluate that every year. After in every season, at the every spring, and then looking into preseason, all right, what's our best 11 and what do we need to do to have the best chance to win a football game this season with the offense or defense that we have? Very cool. I like that a lot. I mean, I think some people, hell, you even see it at the NFL level sometimes. They get so, coaches get stuck in, this is what we do. You need to fit into this scheme. That has changed, especially with quarterbacks over the last few years. So, but I, I love that idea of like, this is who I got. We, ha we have to adjust to who we have, not to what we would like to be. I'm sure if we had our, our, our druthers and whatever players we can find and, and get, we would do things differently, but this is who I got and we're going to do the best. I love that. I love that attitude. Yeah. I think that's kind of like a business attitude too, right? We look at and we say, these are the kind of people we have. This is the kind of work we can do. So Exactly. And, and every staff meeting, I, like when I hire new guys, because turnover in Division Three is brutal. Like, you know, I have great guys now, but you know, we don't pay well. So like there's constant turnover and almost every year I have to impress upon guys like, Hey man, I don't want you to say, Hey, this is what we do here to the new guys. Cause we don't do that every year. Like right. we might be different every year. So I don't want to get stuck in that routine trying to fit a square peg in a round hole just because you know, I, I I'm against that. Like we don't do that anything here. Like it's every, the life expectancy of a team is one year. Love that. Okay. Let's talk about this year a little bit. I looked over the last 10 to 15 years of the program in the like mid 2010s for a few years there, you guys had like some unbelievable success yeah. and then COVID comes and it's like, you know, you lose the seat. It looked like you lost the season totally. Yep. And just that must've just blown things up. So you're just working your way back to a successful program. I looked and saw that you guys are ranked fourth in the preseason for the N NJAC conference. Tell me about this season, what it looks like, and what you expect. 
Yeah, it's pretty, um, you know, football's a funny thing, man, like, because at the end of the day, coaches get judged, obviously, as you know, based off on wins and losses. Uh, I'm very blessed, very fortunate to still be here um, because it hasn't been a great run the last three years. You know, we've been close. Close doesn't count anything but horseshoes and hand grenades. But when we had that COVID season, we had we had a lot of guys opt out and, and not come back. Oh. So we lost a ton of seniors and we were very young. Not an excuse. It's just like it's not like you yep. started over, but it was damn near almost like starting over again to build up. And we're, we're finally the last two years, last year and this year, you know, we're, I hate using the word veteran because we're not the NFL, but we had more seniors, right? Sure. We had more people who are older and been around the game. And, uh, you know, three and seven last year with, with four or five plays here or there, you know, you're sitting here and you're, you're a seven and three team. But because we lost four or five games by a total of 16 points, oh. you know, nine, seven, ten, nothing. It was it was one of those 21, 15, two games in a row. Um, but my point to that this year, a lot of those guys are back and they learned and, and learned a lot about last year. Right. Because in the locker room and in, in football. The best thing about last year was not a record. It was the fact that we had 100 guys in a locker room losing close games and no one pointed a finger. So it was a really, really strong bond in that locker room that was created last year during a losing or a rough season. And a lot of guys are back, and a lot of them are returning, and we have a lot of new faces either by transfer portal, a lot of really guys who have fallen through the cracks in Division Three recruiting because of extra years of COVID year, transfer portal. Like a lot of people now are falling down to our level when in years ago, I probably wouldn't be talking to some of these kids. Right. You know, we, you know, we were able to have a six foot 10 kid on the line here. We're at, we got a kid who's a running back who I think is an FCS kid. And five, six years ago, you know, we're not talking to those kids, you know, but there's no room for these guys now. So it's very selective. Right. So I really like what we have. We got a great group and we're, we're, um, we're over two weeks in camp, um, give or take about day 18. And the chemistry is phenomenal. Uh, they're learning that the, that it's not about necessarily talent. It's about playing for the guy next to you, you know, loving the guy to the right and to the left of you because they're counting on you to do a job and, and you got to do your job for them. So um, I really like we got. We'll see tonight. We have a, a game scrimmage versus Widener, who's a really tough opponent from from outside of Philadelphia. They're coming up here for 630. Um, and it'll be a good litmus test. And we'll see where we are actually on the football field as far as our abilities. But we have everything that we need to be successful. Um, but the thing that's not talked about enough in sports is that love for one another that, that is really deeper than talent. Uh, before I let you go, um, you know, everybody loves a quarterback. So tell me a little bit about your quarterback this year. Yeah, I mean, our quarterback, it's, it's, uh, it's really funny. Um, he transferred here last year. He's an Ocean Township kid. I live in Ocean Township. I saw him play when my son was a freshman. Uh, just a competitor, tough kid, athletic kid, built like a kind of a, like a Mike linebacker, so to speak. Physical presence, got a great arm. Uh, can run the football, can run a lot of the RPO successfully. Went away to a Division II school, uh, didn't like it up there, came home, and obviously during COVID and all the other things that were happening, transferred to us. Uh, he's got this year now with a year under his belt, and he's got one more year left. Um, not necessarily a vocal leader, but, you know, he, his actions speak louder than words. You know, he, he's a hard he's a hard worker. He, he's just a, a go-get-it type of guy. He delivers the ball. He's smart. His football IQ is extremely high. Uh, but he's also a great dude, you know, and there's no ego. Because the three things I say that can screw up a team all the time are, you know, egos, playing time, and stack guys. You know, those things can destroy a locker room, and he's not that. And so when one of your best football players is not your best football player, is that humble, hardworking, gritty type of dude, you got a shot to win. Because when you don't have one of them, like it's like having a basketball team without a point guard yeah. or, or having a baseball team without, you know, four starting pitchers. Yep. You know, so – we, we feel really, really good. We're very, very confident in his abilities. And, uh, you know, we're going to go as far as we go with him. Very good, Coach. Coach, I appreciate you joining us today. Um, we're going to keep an eye on you. Hopefully we can talk to you later in the season. Um, tell everybody when your first game is. We open up September 2nd at Kane University at 1 p.m. kickoff versus Morrisville. And, and most people on social media know Morrisville now because they're a team with the black turf. We're not going up there. They're coming <laughs> down here. 
All right, Coach, thank you very much. And, again, hopefully we'll talk to you later in the season. Absolutely, Pete, man. Great catching up with you, brother. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Talk to you later. Yeah, you got it. All right. So I want to tell you one of the interesting things that he told me about. I don't even know if you know about this because to how the, I was I talked to him actually before the interview started. And I said, like, oh, what, you know, I, I appreciate you even joining us. Um, I know you're really busy. You probably got two a days going on and stuff like that. He starts laughing at him. I'm like, what? He goes, we're not even allowed to do two a days anymore. I'm like, what? No. He, go, way. he goes, dude, that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> they changed the rule. So, what 10, he said 10 years ago. Holy shit. 10 years ago, they said you can have a double session, but then the next day you have to have a single. And then you can have, like, you have to alternate. Yeah. And then about seven years ago, like seven, not last year, like this has been, <laughs> it's been going on for a while. So this is how long we haven't known about it, how much things have changed. Well, so you're only allowed a single session every day, but you can have like a walkthrough later in the day. So like what he does is he'll do like a full, full throated practice. They'll go watch some film, talk about what the mistakes were in, pra in practice, and then try to w do a walkthrough to correct those mistakes. But it's amazing. And he was concerned, like, it's tough because you're missing out on what it is to like go through the the grind of double sessions, getting ready for a football season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, dude, we're big football guys here. I got to be careful how I word this. <laughs> this. This is a prime example of why the world is as soft as it is. Right. It and totally not, everyone, not everyone played football. I understand that. Well, you I'm know just, what his point but it, was? But it's that kind of mentality of like, dude, we had three days when I played for you. Triple sessions. Absolutely. Oh, my God. So, so well, his point was, you know, the problem is there's always somebody who takes advantage and screws things up for everybody else. So there's a fucking 300, and, you know, 300 college football team. There's more than that. But one team, you know, one coach acts an asshole. And just yeah. treats his players like shit. So the whole NCAA has to decide, nope, can't do that anymore. You know, and that's the problem. So, um, but, you know, we talked about it. He has adjusted, made different adjustments over the years. He's been there for 21 years, 18, going into his 18th as a head coach. So, you know, he's made adjustments over the years. Recruiting has changed. You know, social media is part of recruiting. Like, there was just so many things that yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I never even thought of it because I haven't been coaching 20 years. Oh, oh almost 20 years now so yeah it was it was very interesting we appreciate him coming on so we'll be we'll be checking out the scores week to week they um in the so their conference is the njac the new jersey athletic conference division three and they're predicted for fourth place this year out of i think 10 teams so their top half of the league this year so some pretty decent expectations we hope you know we wish them the best hope yeah, they do really cool. well luck, and uh, we'll keep an eye on him and he said he'll join us again you know Closer to the end of the season, or maybe after the season when things settle down, and we'll we'll get a little breakdown of how oh, things cool. how things went. I know I know maybe, he's real maybe excited. A little, maybe a little maybe a little bye week action if we I, if they catch him. Absolutely, <laughs> never know. We'll have to we'll we'll keep an eye. So, uh, good luck to uh, the Kane Cougars this year. I know uh, you're to, uh, <clears throat> your Yankees, my Yankees, our Yankees. Uh, we don't even want ownership now, right? To pivot to baseball. Yeah. Um, Nine-game losing streak snap last night. Judge had three bombs, hit one today to start the game off to a good start, but they they blew another one today. How to bad five. is this team if Aaron Judge isn't on it? Like they're, they're not they're, good, but how bad are they without them, him? They're not good with him on it. Um, <sighs> good God. Um, I don't really have much to say. My emotion has been dried up. 
Um, they can't hit. I, yeah, I mean, dude, I got written down. It just it just shows you how bad this team was put together. Um, Brian Cashman spoke spoke, spoke yesterday. He just makes me sick, dude. You put this team together, bro. Like you're the guy that's responsible for trading the wrong, trading the young kids for washed up Montez, Sonny Gray. The list goes on and on. Every guy you traded for last year at the break was either hurt when you got him or hurt now. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I, we've touched on this. Analytics is where baseball is. I understand that they're not going to go fully away from it. You just have the wrong analytic team, dude. You maybe gotta, that's you the problem. Shake, yeah. You got to shake things up. It's wrong. But you would think the numbers are the numbers, right? Like you wouldn't even need a team. It should just be the numbers are the numbers. But the problem is, it doesn't work that way because what I did yesterday is no guarantee of what I'm going to do today. That's the problem with analytics. Just because I did something yesterday or last season doesn't mean I'm going to do it again today. Sometimes you just need your eyes, dude. Sometimes you just need your eyes. You know, I look, I'll, give you an I'll give you an example. Mm. When I was younger, the, the hot chick to say like, oh, oh, if I can get anybody, it was Pam Anderson. Okay, but if you look at Pam Anderson now, I'm not saying she's an ugly woman, but she's older. You can see it. So you don't use the Pam Anderson analogy anymore. Whereas someone right. like Jennifer That's Aniston, Jennifer Aniston was never the hottest chick, but she was always good looking and she's still good looking. She kind of hasn't changed at all. So you look and you say, well, sure, I'm still down with Jennifer Aniston, but not so much Pam Anderson. Forget the double D numbers. Forget what she was. Use your eyes. What do you see? What, how, yeah. come, how come I don't need Google? That's pretty good. Yeah, how come yeah. I don't need Google to see you can't hit? Do you like use your eyes, use your brain? Do you just the, the problem becomes like, do you know? Are you basically admitting that you know so little about baseball that you can't rely on yourself? You have to rely on a program. You have to l rely on on a on a computer to tell you. Then what are you even there for? You know, Who and needs to go one you? step to go one step further. What you're saying is like that's a great way of looking at it, but they make it worse by. Two years ago, this guy wasn't good, and then you still went out and got him. Yeah, they Josh still Donaldson, they're still asking Pam Anderson out. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, well, she's still good looking. She can maybe she'll come back. No, she's fifty five years old now. It that's oh. it. She's not. She's a good looking fifty five year old. She's not Pam Anderson anymore. She's just some fifty five year old decent looking woman. You use your eyes. You yeah. can see it. You don't have to go to the numbers sometimes. You know where the numbers are nice in the minutia, in the small areas, in the corners. I don't need I don't need a computer to tell me that Tony Gwynn was a great fucking hitter. You know what I mean? So this is the problem. Like I have no problem with analytics. I think it's a great piece. It should, but it should be a piece. There's no reason we can't use both, especially when you got the money. If you're Oakland, Minnesota, Kansas City, uh, maybe Tampa, maybe you don't have that luxury because you can't make mistakes, right? Did you say Pittsburgh, Cincinnati? Pittsburgh, yeah. Cincinnati. Like there's a number of them. But if you're the Dodgers, Yankees, Oriole, like big Mets. Philly, Mets, you can do both. You can use both. Be smart. Like you can do that. You're baseball guys. You don't know anything? Now suddenly they don't know anything? I mean, we can have some melding of both. I, I think that's I think that's okay. So I'm gonna say this as calmly as I can because for three years and no longer we've had this podcast. I wanted to cash one out. I think it's time for new blood. And and, and, and if I got to hear Kay again on the radio say this, he'll get a job in five minutes. Great. I will fucking drive him there. all the time. I don't care. 
It happens just all not, the time. It doesn't work here anymore. Dude, to be at a place 30-something years, 20, it, it, it's a long time. And maybe he'll suck there. Herm Edwards got a job in five minutes after he left the Jets. It was with Kansas City, and they fired him in two years. Like, dude. dude, guys get jobs again. So what? That doesn't mean your time isn't up here. Bill Walsh used to say, Bill Walsh is like, I consider him one of my mentors. He had no reason to leave San Francisco. They won a fucking Super Bowl. But he always said, none of these jobs are permanent. It doesn't mean you're done. It just means you're done there. Right. Like your time has run out there. And I think that's just, a, so he gets a job. Where's he, get, he? There's no other club in the league in Major League Baseball that's going to hire him where he's going to have the payroll that he has now. So he's going to have to even make some adjustments. So you're assuming that he'll have success that he's had here. I don't know that. But regardless, it's time to move on. That's all. It doesn't mean you're an asshole or you suck or you're a piece of shit. It just means your time is up. Thank you for your time. Thank you. You've done a great job. You've made a lot of money. We've done a lot of great things. It's time to go. That's all. It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't have to be vitriolic. Another thing I'm worried about is how, again, George wouldn't put up with this. We know, but Joey Howe's not George. It's gone. It's not, it's not the And here's thing. the other thing about the Steinbrenner comparison. At that time, the Yankees had gobs of money more than everybody else. Yeah. I don't even know that the Yankees are the highest revenue team in, the, in baseball anymore. They're not. Dodgers, they're not, they don't want, Mets. They don't, they don't want, and they don't want the luxury tax either way. This so is what I'm saying. So like, they're not, yeah, they're not even that team that overspends for everybody overspends for every player and over everybody else anymore. There are other teams that spend more than them. So you just got to get past that. Like this idea, like Joe Torre's time came. D- did Joe Torre do less than Brian Cashman? I mean, come on, Joe Torre's legendary. Everybody's time comes and it's just and time. Not, That's all. It's not a bad thing. And I'm not saying even how's cheap. It's just, he spent the money in the wrong Poorly. spot. But, but, but is that's that, that information from his fucking front office? <laughs> that's Cashman. Yeah. So yeah. it's just time to go again. It doesn't have to be this like painful divorce. It could just be like, hey, you know what? It's just time. Peyton Manning had to retire. Tom Brady had to retire. Pedro Martinez had to retire. Like the time comes. It's just time. It's time to move on. That's all. That's all. It doesn't have to be vicious and nasty. It's just time. Need some fresh eyes and some fresh ideas. That's all. This this will probably be the last we talk Yankees until like maybe the offseason when playoffs is wrapped up and or, or like the, the regular season wrapped up and we could say how the Yankees missed the playoffs so we can go into this a little more what they need to add subtract in our minds but just ugly bad year and oh by the way my ticket prices went up they had the balls to, charge my, to get my prices this year <laughs> my ticket girl comes up to me last week and she goes Scott you know you, you, the tickets are out I go Jess really today you're going to come out with me oh I've heard it all day blah 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 I go well you should yeah. and I know it's not your fault but yeah. ask people for money right now you know, this is on a nine game is, losing streak. Yeah, not really uh, a good timing there, Justin. <laughs> hey, let me ask you something. I know, like, we can we can rip on Cashman, but the, the one thing is they've had a good team, not a great team, but they've had a good team even over the last 10 or 15 years when they haven't won a championship. Um, but they and they and they haven't had a sub 500 record in what, like, it's been a while. Are they gonna Are they gonna end under 500 or are they gonna find yeah, a way to sneak above gonna, it? They're gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna end under 500. You think so? Yeah, wow, Jesus. This yeah, I just think bad, that's dude. the sign, man. If like, how watch, much more do you, you need? Them, if you watch them on a nightly basis, this team is not good. Yeah. And now they brought up some young guys to, like, try to see what they got. And I, I got heard it. that the other day. I well, don't that's put, the other I thing. Their, their farm system's not great. They've traded no, off too many not. great that's pieces. What I, they traded, yeah, great. they did. So, they, again, they fucked that up, too. It's double shit, which could and be then, a real then, problem. And then the Yankees have they done for 100 years. They either they had this problem where 
they don't bring a guy up and they hold on to him too long. So his value is not good trade-wise. And then when they bring him up, he's got so much pressure on him because we've been hearing about yeah. it for three and a half years. And then they shit their pants. Yep. So it's not, it's not, it, dude, they're lost. And then they come up, they're making base running mistakes. No one knows how to get in front of a ground ball. It's, it's, what are we doing in the minors? I was just saying, makes you Fuck. wonder what's you going on. You got me fired up now anyway, you bastard. God damn it. <laughs> oh my God. I got breaking news here, sir. Yeah, let's hear it. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy expected to miss several weeks with a hamstring injury. All right, so, several uh, weeks is not the whole off. season. That's not the worst well, news. Not, gr- not great, but they open up Raiders, Commanders, and uh, I think Dolphins, so maybe we get I mean, to one start there. would be okay. Oh, two and one. Oh, sorry, yeah. I'm <laughs> just curious. I've been negative on this team now. Now I'm trying to throw the light at you, and you're throwing fucking haymakers on me. Um, All right, now it's time one, to get you back. Scotty Trivia. Oh, no, wait, no. one more one more before Scotty Trivia and before I get my ass handed to me. Um, real quick, Otani hurts his elbow, UCL, whatever, whatever. Won't be pitching anymore this season. Second time. Is it? This Is this a product of trying to do too much, being both a, 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 an everyday player and a pitcher? Or is this just a pitching thing? On the, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but we said this a couple weeks ago with like big Otani, big contract. He's not going to be able to do this forever. And, and, and they didn't trade him, and they went in the tank. Trout's hurt again. They're probably stuck with him now because he's damaged I, goods. Well, that's he's not getting $600 million, I'll tell you that right now. You've got to be out of your mind to give him that contract now. After he's it, probably, is he basically not just a DH because of this? Well, he's definitely going to DH. Well, if he if has he surgery. Plays. Well, Bryce Harper had this last season. He didn't hit until July, June or July. Of the following and this year. Guy won- yeah, and he won't pitch. He won't pitch next year, but he can hit, oh. I think. But not, but not again. Not right away. Crazy, unbelievable. So, I listen. I again. I and I was lo- I was a little late to the bandwagon. I love watching the kid play. Oh, he's for tremendous. But he could, but he couldn't do this for a long period of time. It's like it's just a lot. Wear to and ask. tear with, the, with off, how hard they throw pitching. now. It's just it's a lot to ask <laughs> to basically go out there and throw hard either from the mound or from the field every day. It, it's just a lot yeah. to ask. So yep. And uh, no, know, it to, sucks to see that. Being of one where left, just like when Judge missed two months, yeah. you don't want it. It sucks to see these guys. We're never, we're never rooting for, uh, for injuries. You know, we no, no, just no, like no. we talk about two and we're, you know, so doubtful of his his ability to make it through the season. We're not rooting for it though. I mean, even as a Jets fan, I don't, I don't want to see someone getting traumatic brain injuries. Like that's these are human beings, dude. I'm not looking for someone yeah. to get hurt like that. Like that's serious shit. So yeah, we're never. No, no, no. It All is right. time. All right, buddy boy. Oh, by the way, so oh, go ahead. Yeah, let's do it now. Let's do it now. Did you, did, you, did you get music for this? I didn't yet. I've been lazy. Wait, do you want to do this? Or you want to do picks first? Uh, I forgot the picks. I do have one. I have. I have one. I do have one. I, I don't got, have two. All right, I I got two. Go ahead. You let's do the picks. Um. So, I I, my my one pick. I'm take. I'm taking USC. Uh, who the hell are they playing? I got. I just drew a blank. San Jose State? Minus 30 and a half, I think it is. I know yeah. it's a lot, but here's what I'm thinking. USC has to romp all season because, number one, they don't have a great defense. They still don't have a great defense. And Lincoln Riley, if you go back to the Oklahoma days, didn't have a great defense and never was able to really put a quality defense on the field. But you got Caleb Williams, the um, you know Heisman Trophy winner, probably going to go pro after this year. Next year, you're going to the Big Ten. You got a really, really good chance of being a playoff team where it's still only four teams. You got a really good chance of making that playoffs if you run the table or maybe have one close, tough road loss at the end of the season. 
I think they're going to come out of the box real fast. I could see them putting 60 on the board, and I just can't see San Jose scoring more than 30. So, I'm going to give you a little tease here for next week. I think the Pac-12 is going to be exciting this year. They're going to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good saying, teams out it. there too, bro. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good teams. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what they do, but we'll go into that more next week. One more thing for um, – oh, no, let me give you my picks, and then I want to do golf real quick. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, my two picks, I'm going to go Navy plus 20.5 in Dublin against Notre Dame. Early this year. Early. This, uh, that's, that's usually a couple games into the season. The so. travel's a mess. You know, Navy, you know, Navy's a very disciplined team. They're going to give you the same shit if they play here, a parking lot, yeah. Ireland, whatever. Uh, new quarterback for Notre Dame. That's what I was just going to say. Ho- Navy holds the ball, holds the ball. They make you sweat it out. Rust, I think, too. A lot of pressure on Marcus Freeman this year. Yes. So I think Notre Dame wins. Navy hangs around, maybe 36 to 20, something like that. They get a, they What's get the a spread? late cover. 20 and a half. Yeah, I like that one for the same reason you're like for the quarterback reason. And I like the quarterback. It's just I, I, think, I think because college football doesn't have preseason games, I'm yeah. always really leery of first time starters on a team. Uh, you know, first game of the season, first game, and, two and playing games. in military school, you know what they're going to do. Like, yeah, just... and and they do what they do all the time. Nothing changes for them. Correct. So they're Correct. they're right where they want to be, and Notre Dame's still figuring out exactly how good they are. I think they're good. I think I think the quarterback's really good. I just I do too. F- just you know, rocky start. That's all, rocky start. I'm going. Uh, I'm going out west. I'm going the Ohio Bobcats oh plus my. two at San Diego State. Digging deep into the bag. There's only six games, bro. We end up, but it's cool because um, it's football season. I, exactly. <laughs> um, you can't mess with the MAC. Only two points on the road out west. Some's telling me something there. Yo, how's a good team? Give me two of the Bobcats. All right, I love um, it. I love it. Golf, real quick. Tour championship uh, starting today. The tour championship. Uh, last week, uh, Victor Hovland, Holy dude, shit. absolutely throwing darts on <laughs> Sunday. Bananas. Phenomenal. Lost his mind. Big fan of him. I like Sky Shepherd too. Just a lot of guys up there you like. Rory still can't putt. Rom can't putt early today. He just blew two more. What's so interesting about this final round of the Tour Championship, if, you're, if you start watching and you see scores that look bananas, like it's impossible for somebody to be 13 under on the first day, just remember it's kind of graduated scoring based on your ranking. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, Scotty Scheffler started off in the lead at 11 under. So whatever he's at now or when you start looking, just understand he started at 11 under. He didn't start at even. You know, and a, a bunch of these guys, they didn't start at even. They started yeah, at, the at numbers a particular are, the numbers number. The numbers are so. on a scale, yep. Yeah, so just so you don't freak out. Because that did happen to me last year. We were, And it was on a Thursday because we were doing the podcast. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm looking. I'm like, holy shit, he's, it's impossible. He's through 12 holes. He's a 14 under. Like, what the hell is he doing? He's got two <laughs> eagles burning on every hole. No, no. You Deep start, breath. Yeah, I lost, um, I lost it. Real quick, give me your winner. What do you think? I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler. How do you not? He's already in the lead. He's the steadiest most solid player there is they'd have to catch him so i'm gonna you know it sounds boring but i i just i he's one of the best front runners i've seen since tiger Woods. so he doesn't really cough up leads i'm gonna go i'm gonna go uh, i'm gonna go hovland okay i mean he's hot i'm gonna ride the hot i'm gonna ride the hot he's hot Forget about McElroy. If you're looking to bet McElroy, he's got a banged up back. He's barely even making it through the course. So I'd be I'd be very suspect. I like more common to more common to a big number out there today. Always too. does I, good in these big spots. Yeah, I like him. Because this know, is like a just... major. And Morikow oh, always sure. shows up for the majors. Sure. So this is basically the same thing. He's just fighting from behind. All right, bud. All right. Buckle I feel up. good today. I feel good today. I'm ready to you do, do this. Oh, All I right. feel good. 
right. I think you're going to give. I think you were a little unfair with the questions last year. It was a little. It was a little. It was a little misleading, and I, I think that was in your head. And I think you're going to be a little more fair with the questions. So I feel good. I'm ready to go. All right. So I didn't crush you this week. See what I mean? I'm already doing think. good. I don't think. <laughs> right. Question one. Bullshit. Who has never played on Thanksgiving? Oh my god. The Titans, the Browns, the Jaguars, the Texans. The Titans, the Browns, the Jaguars, or the Texans? Mm-hmm. All right. I guess I didn't give them a Shit. curveball. I gave them no layup there. Well, I mean, your initial instinct when you hear, like, expansion teams, like the Texans and the Jags becomes your first response. But, like, my actual first instinct is the Browns. But I think they've been around for so long, they probably played on Thanksgiving at one point. So I'm going to say... The Jags. One for one. Yes, sir. Logic. I thought you were going to talk yourself out of it. I again. almost like, did. I really wanted to say Go with your instinct. Go with your instinct. No. What is the largest city in America not to have an NFL team? Whew. San Diego, San Antonio, Portland, Orlando. Wow, that's tough. Hmm. Wow, I'm a little because uh, I feel like Portland is very populated, and San Diego is a little. I don't think San is San Antonio that. Po- I don't think it's Orlando. It could be Orlando. That's why they got an expansion basketball team back in the day. <laughs> Shit. Um. I'm gonna say Orlando. San Antonio. Damn, I was that, shocked as well. It's that big. Yep. T- wow, I didn't realize it's that big a city. Texas is fucking Texas. Everything's big in Texas. I should have known that. All right, one and one. I got. I got to get this one right. Is it three questions? What, is, what? Three questions? Yes, sir. Okay, I got to get this one. What is the highest number of points ever in a game for what sport? By, by one team. Football. Football? I'm not going to give you a fucking hockey out of Well, this. I don't know if you said basketball or something. You know, you get tricky sometimes. 72, 60, 68, or 85? Wait, what is that, in a quarter? Game. Single oh, team oh, in a, oh, in a I, game. I, I'm still stuck on NBA. Um, what are the choices again? What the fuck? <laughs> what is the highest number of points ever to be scored by one team in a game? In an NFL game. NFL Dude, game. Dewsbury. 72, 60, 68, or 85? You know, my guess is that somewhere back in the day, there was some kind of Chicago Bears eighty-five nothing fucking game or something like that. So, I'm I'm seventy-two or eighty-five. Eighty-five sounds so fucking high. I know I'm gonna end up getting this. I'm gonna be pissed. I'll say seventy-two. Peter Calisano has done it. He's over five hundred. Yes, sir. Two and one. Yes, sir. Next week we go. These Do you know who it was? Good, right? Who was it that scored seventy-two? I got you. The Washington Redskins over sorry, Matt, Chris, Fobbies, my giant fan buddies in nineteen sixty-six. Wow, was seventy-two nothing? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Seventy-two. What, yeah, it might have been. It might have probably. Been. Um, <laughs> oh my god, dude. This this trivia's the best. Good job oh, today. Good listen, job. I feel much better. I feel much better. I have nothing to say about the second one because. I, if you would, I probably would have put San Antonio last. If you would have asked me to put him in order, I probably would have put San Antonio last. So I have nothing on that one. But yeah, I yeah. feel good about the other two. Back on the winning streak. Hey, I don't know how many of you are um, 
are uh, pro wrestling fans. I was actually at the first ever WrestleMania. Uh, at the time, who knew what was what it was going to turn into? But it was a big deal for me. My dad, from the time I was a kid, I always had a bedtime at nine o'clock. But on Saturday nights, it was one o'clock in the morning because <laughs> pro wrestling came on at midnight, and I would watch with my dad. So I have so many great memories of pro wrestling, and uh, wrestling uh, lost a legend today, Terry Funk. Uh, there were a lot of Funk brothers, but the, uh, but Terry Funk was a huge one. He had great rivalries with Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, like epic long one-hour matches. Uh, traveled all over the world, multiple organizations. Just uh, you know, an absolute legend, and he passed away today. So, you know, we uh, wish the best for his family. Rest in peace, all that kind of stuff. Great wrestler, great on the mic. One of the best villains of pro wrestling of all time. He was never, very rarely, if ever, was he a good guy. He was fantastic at being a bad guy. He was very easy to hate, and that was his job, and he was very good at it. So um, it was fun watching him back in the day. Rest in peace. And, and, and rest in peace. So good. We got a 111. That was 111. That was one. I think it was 111. 11. Yeah, it was 111. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. 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 Very cool. So next week, what do we have? NFC North? And we're going to do a big college football show where we won't touch Yankees anymore for a while. And then, uh, and we'll touch on the golf real quick, wrap that up maybe. And then, so a big college football show next week. And then, uh, we're getting ready to go. Sounds good for Scott Bracey. I'm Pete Colasana. You've been listening to Bump and Run. See you guys next week. Later. Yeah.